I will edit as needed, okay? Yeah, perfect. All right. So, hey, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High. Uh, it's a podcast where we both get very high and talk about Saturday Night Live, uh, both classic episodes and new. Yeah, today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8, and this aired on November 20th, 1976. It was hosted by Paul Simon and George Harrison, and 1976 Paul Simon, you already know that man was standing up there, and Beck walked in the room and said, what happened to his hair? <laughs> Male pattern baldness, baby, but it's okay, he has talent. <laughs> That's so mean. Um, yeah. I, yeah, no, the music was Paul Simon and George Harrison, and this, I was just, I, okay, so I had seen bits and pieces of this episode, but I'd never seen the episode in full before, and I know that it aired prior to the last time Paul Simon was the musical guest, which was November of 2018, um... But, right. yeah, this is a classic episode, like a classic, classic episode. Um, one that is still, like, you know, referred to at least somewhat today. And, yeah, we kick things off with the cold open, and Chevy Chase is busking outside 30 Rock, and Paul Simon walks by, and he's like, Oh, well, Chevy hey, Chase, wait, sorry, can I just say, Chevy Chase was singing This Land is Your Land, which I just fucking learned. I sang, I sang the song I sang the song in my kindergarten graduation and I just learned that the song is like a Marxist response to God Bless yeah. America. Uh-huh. TikTok really teaches me a lot. So yeah, he was singing This Land is Your Land and Paul Simon walks by and Chevy Chase is like, Paul, Paul! And they chat for a bit and um... It's really, it's apparent, like, the joke here is, oh, Chevy Chase left SNL, and he has nothing to do, and he's, you know, he's, like, a big star burned out, whatever. Um, I smoked two joints before we recorded this, and one of those was after it took us half an hour to figure out our new recording setup. Thanks, Daniel, for your help. Um, Hope it sounds all right to those of you listening. <laughs> yeah, we're trying something new and hoping to God it works. Uh, but no more phone call audio. So, yeah. Yay. Um, yeah, so uh, Paul Simon, he feels very bad for Chevy Chase. And he then comes back. He's like, you know what? I'll talk to the cast. And uh, we'll come by, come by the after party. And Chevy's like, oh, I don't know, man. If I'm, not, if, if I'm done with work, maybe. And then... Um, Paul Simon goes into the building and Chevy Chase then continues to sing and play guitar very poorly and it's like, okay, you're supposed to feel very, oh, hi, yeah, anyway I, I was like, alright, this man's official last episode was two episodes ago, why is he still here? He stays showing up in this show. Yeah. And then, Paul Simon he's up on, you know, the he's up on the floor, or he's eight, eight Oh, God. An A-H? Yeah, I don't know. It's like 8-G, and I'm like, no, that's Seth Meyers. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he comes upon Baby Lorne. Baby Lorne. And George Harrison. And they're discussing the offer from the previous season of $3,000 if the Beatles showed up. And George Harrison's like, I'm only here because I thought it was $3,000. And it was this really... It 
was just really, I don't know, I thought it was fucking funny because they're all friends in real life. Uh, well, we'll get to a bit of that in a second. But, um, oh my God, George Harrison, that man was so good looking. He was a fox. Oh. He kind of was. I, I mean, I've seen Paul McCartney and it's a great fucking show, but I'm a total George girl. Like, George, terrible solo George, traveling Wilbury George. I'm a George girl. Paul? Don't you mean fall? <laughs> you know that conspiracy? It's that, it's a fake Paul. He oh, died. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yes, I, yes, I have heard of that, and I do not <laughs> fucking believe it. I'm sorry. Are you I sure? Because they're not wearing shoes in, in the Abbey Lane on the record, on the on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as someone who has walked, it's Abbey Road, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I confused that with Penny Lane, maybe? I don't know. Well, yeah, no, he's not. I've, I've seen the man multiple times. It's it's him. Um, <laughs> but you didn't see him before he was f- fall. Anyways. <laughs> This is not where I thought this episode was going to go. Um, Me neither, but honestly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, George basically, um, oh, because George is like, that's it? And Lauren's like, actually, you know what? I hear that there's an extra $250 for anyone that says live from New York. And George Harrison just like whips to the camera and he's like, live from New York. It's Saturday night. And I was like, oh, you cutie. I fucking loved that. It was cute. Um the monologue is Paul Simon waltzing on out wearing a turkey costume and oh oh I'm so sorry oh yeah keep going sorry well I would say (laughs) part of the cold open was that um he didn't he was like really nervous about the first bit and he didn't want to do the first bit and Lauren's like it's gonna be fine don't worry about it it'll be fine it's great I promise and then, yeah, so then it goes into the monologue. Right, and he had been worried about looking goofy, and he, in fact, did look goofy in this turkey costume, and he went on to sing Still Crazy after all these years, but he was, like, singing it pretty well, you know? He was, oh, yeah. He was bringing his, his game in was, the turkey costume. Yeah. Um, but then he all of a sudden is like, forget it, uh, and he goes to the audience. He's like, I felt like I would look stupid doing this, but it's a Thanksgiving episode, and Lauren wanted me to do it, and... He, <laughs> he had one line where it was like, oh, they told me to loosen up a bit. And as he said that, he kind of flapped his wings around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a very good sport for this. And to be perfectly honest, he looked miserable for like 80% of it. So it was it was interesting. Um, but yeah, so during this, he basically stops and protests. He's like, Lauren, no, this is, this is insane. I'm not doing this. And then they basically, Lauren and Paul Simon, baby Lauren and Paul Simon get into, ah, don't bite me. Um, they get into this fight and Paul Simon's like, ah, all right, I'm going to go change. And like, he can't, he, Lauren Michaels is like introducing the next bit or something. And he's, like, talking to the camera and being all lorn. And um, Paul Simon's like, I can't fit through the door! He's like, all right, all right, I'll help you. It was, I, I also laughed at that because it's like, okay, they, they, they're, it's, like, very clear they have, like, 
a rapport, like they're friends. It's not, yeah. you know, it, it didn't yeah, it was feel cute. forced whatsoever. So, yeah. Yeah. The first sketch of the night was an ad and it starts off and you're not really sure what's going on. It's like a farmhouse situation and Jane Curtin is the mother and she's feeding her family of father, son, and daughter. And I've never seen any of those actors in my life. So she's feeding a bunch of randos and <laughs> <laughs> this is her family. And <laughs> she feeds them a cereal called Quarry. And it's 100% rocks and pebbles that the whole family will enjoy. And once they started eating it, like, you couldn't hear the ad because they were just crunching so damn hard on their quarry cereal, um, which I, was kind of funny. I, I like this a lot. Really? Okay, I had the absolute fucking opposite reaction to this because I absolutely cannot stand crunching like that, like the grinding. I literally, I have goosebumps, like, look at my, look wow. at my arm hairs. I have literal goosebumps right now from just being, like, getting chills and just being, like, squicked out. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. And this sketch was, like, two minutes of pure ear torture, and, yeah, but quarry, it was not grown, it was mined, and, ugh. And it was chock full of minerals. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. That was funny. Um... Yeah, and then we had our first performance by Paul Simon, and it was 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, and I fucking love this song, and I thought it was an... I, I was so happy. It was a great performance. It, just, it was. It, it was a good first performance of the night, but we had many more. Paul Simon did also have some promo videos for his songs, in this episode, but no, we'll no, get to that. No, George Harrison. That's what I, I meant. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had Baba Wawa interviewing John Belushi, Henry Kissinger, um, and this was your typical Baba Wawa experience. Um, <laughs> although I really did enjoy seeing her opposite John Belushi because they're both really good at holding themselves during these wacky characters. They are, and we all know John Belushi had the, um, he didn't think women were funny, tried to sabotage sketches that women were in, would not want to be in sketches with women, which is weird. I mean, he is, but he didn't like it. Um, but... Get used to uh, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they both, these characters, they commit, and it's, I, I don't know, it's, I felt this was a really, um... It felt natural. It felt like a natural combination. It was the first time they've taken two impressions that have existed separately and put them together. Like, they haven't really done that on yeah. SNL yet. And so it's like characters and impressions that the audience is familiar with, but in, a, in an entirely new setting. And it was just really fresh and funny to see. Um, and they're really using these impressions. They, I think they've both appeared in the past two episodes three episodes something of the sort but like they've really been hitting it hard yeah i think that's both accurate well i mean they're using kissinger because as was noted carter did not bring him back but um no so president no president elect carter didn't bring him back <laughs> oh my god 
yeah, no, I thought it was, uh, there was a line in there that, oh, 1973 won the Nobel Peace Prize for ending Vietnam, and 1975 the Vietnam War ended, and I... And that I, was the worst part of his career. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, she, it was, they were basically going back and forth. Baba Wawa starts, uh, in, not interrogating, but like asking Henry Kissinger about, um, she's like, why do you speak with that silly, silly accent? And he then, and so he's talking back and forth. They were going back and forth, and she asked him to say something, and she wanted him to say, really, really fat, woe poly oh, really, really fat, woe poly diplomat, I believe. Really, yeah, really that's exactly bad. what it was. Okay, yeah, thank you. So, um, that was difficult. Um, but yeah, and honestly, John Belushi doing that, it was, I don't know, I just, it, this was fucking hilarious. It was. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And we went from this into a Twilight Zone sketch hosted by Dan Aykroyd as Rod Sterling, and this took place at the Blaine Motel. <laughs> Um, oh, also, I forgot to mention, it was Twilight, but it was spelled Twilight, T-W-I-L-I-T, just like our Twitter handle, Sat Night, N-I-T-E, pod, Sat Night High pod, not, I keep saying that, I keep forgetting the word high, I'm like censoring myself. <laughs> That's okay, because I made that exact same comment in my notes. <laughs> I was like, oh, did they have a character limit issue? Um. No. Maybe maybe uh, a copyright issue, perhaps, because this was this was well basically everything was just the Twilight Zone. It was word for yeah. word. I mean, there's no way it was copyright. They they had to have run it by. It's a parody. No, you changed it. It's a parody. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's like it's a protected thing. I don't know if it was protected at that point, but I mean, it's what were they gonna do? It was the Blaine Motel, yeah, and sorry. it was that's okay. The situation was that three actresses who were all actually working different jobs, like it was Jane Curtin was an actress who works as a model, and Lorraine Newman was an actress who worked as a waitress, and Gilda Radner was an actress who worked in a factory. Um, Th these three actresses all were invited to the same hotel room or motel room, and they didn't know why, and they were all a little bit spooked by it, and Dan Aykroyd was narrating this whole thing, and they got room service from Garrett Morris, and it was champagne from a Mr. Sterling, um, and at that point, the camera cut to Dan Aykroyd making this sort of face of, like, oh, I know what's going on, um... And I guess it turns out that he had invited them all to this room at a party, but he was really drunk and he doesn't really remember why he did it. And the sketch ended with him going from his little Twilight Zone set over to their Blaine Motel set and joining them. Yeah, I was like, okay, so he's a sleazy producer who's hitting up young actresses, inviting them to a motel room. Uh, the door got locked from the outside, and he shows up, so they, there's booze delivered, the door gets locked, and then he shows up to party, and he's like, in the next morning, you know, you don't remember what happened, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh, cool, so he's a sleazy producer who just lined up a non-consensual orgy? Is that what we're yeah, going no, with here? Because Lorraine Newman's character, she was a waitress, and she said that 
one of her customers was a producer who said to meet him there for an audition. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah, no. <sighs> and then um, we had Weekend Update. And it was it started with Jane Curtin uh, reading and then clicking her birth control pills. And then the top story is how... Um, there's something about the pill versus the diaphragm and how uh, something about the diaphragm and well the side effects are it. that the yeah the diaphragm is harder to swallow yeah and it's like ugh. although I do you know find it ironic that uh, it's like oh they they stopped trials of a male birth control a few years ago because the side effects were just too unpleasant and it was like mood swings. Irritability, uh, muscle, it's just basically, yeah, it was, yeah. It's like bloating and all the nasty shit that goes along with it. And it was like, oh, God. Yeah, it was like a shot or I don't fucking know. But they were like, oh. I hate it here. And so it's like, oh, cool. They're still making side effect jokes or things today. It's like, huh. It's like, why have people put up with this for so long? Why have we not? I mean, granted, fine, IUDs are great. Um, they are. But, um, except if you're Britney Spears. Free Britney. Oh, I don't know. I, I only know part of the whole Britney situation. I did not realize an IUD was anywhere involved in this. Yeah, no, she's wanted to have kids for years, but um, she's wanted <gasps> to have her IUD taken out, and her father will not let her because he's the one that has to sign off on it. And so people are like, well, if she doesn't want the IUD, why, like, she wouldn't have gotten it in the first, well, maybe, and I can't say that, but it's like any medical decisions have to be signed off on by her father, so who even knows if she wanted it? I am nauseous. That's horrible. It's fucking horrific. I, her father needs to be sent somewhere for a very long time. Yeah. And I know he's not <sighs> in the best of health, so I know it probably wouldn't even be the longest of times. But it's, you know, even if someone else, because I, I believe in the past, Brittany's been like, I don't care. You know, I understand that, you know, I need help in certain situations, but. Like Jamie Lynn, maybe. No. You don't think Jamie Lynn could handle it? I don't know. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> or does it even need to be, is the real question. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, free Britney is the moral of that story. Or at yeah. least give Britney an outside conservatorship, conservator, uh, uh, whatever. Outside person, not her dad. Release her from her dad. Yes. Speaking of releases, uh, we can update one on to talk about Patty Hearst being released from prison, which was pretty crazy because I remember last season they were talking about her trial, and that was that was a whole running bet on Weekend Update was the trial of Patty Hearst, and now she's released, and they were telling a bunch of jokes about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, how they were saying uh, they <clears throat> how there was a joke like, no, the Hearst say they didn't pay uh, pay off the bail thing or um, whatever. It's like, but for the first time in 50-something or 70-something years, the budget in L.A. County or in California has been balanced, and I thought that was very amusing. She told a joke at one point, and I don't remember what it was, but after she told the punchline, she was like, it's my job, Mom, I'm sorry. Oh. That was really funny. That was... Something about no head, I want to say. Like, no beer still has a head. It was like a dick joke. Yeah, probably was a dick joke. 
I don't know. Maybe it was. It definitely was a dick. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember this. Sorry, my my handwriting is so fucking messy. It was, um, I believe, an actor in the pornographic film Deep Throat. Something about his, yeah, it's like no beer, but he. Go, I don't know. He goes into a bar or something. Alcohol list something there's no beer but it still has a head and i was like what the yeah i, I don't fucking know it, it was whatever it was yeah um then we had lorraine newman as a correspondent in long island where um behind her is like a normal uh like like a diner scene basically except there's nazis yeah. there and she's talking about how the nazis like other immigrants in america fled to America to escape persecution. Um, that This was an interesting bit. Um, there may have been some Nazis found post-World uh, War II, like 15, 20 years. I, I know there was, like, a whole thing about, like, finding people, whether it's throughout South America or in the U.S. I think they just found a guy in Ohio or something. Um, well, yeah. yeah. I know about that because so Sue Sylvester's like, mom was a Nazi hunter, for those of you who watch Glee. <laughs> okay Um, anyway yeah so i'm i'm guessing there was something of people found nazis on long island i don't know but yeah um yeah that makes sense i mean not to talk bad about long island there was oh so no, I don't know what Morris the cat kill Morris. So here's, I'll tell you what exactly what that was about. Okay. So you know the Thank cat, you. the meow, 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 meow. <gasps> yes. So this cat, the news item this week was that this cat has, you know, he was friends with Smokey the Bear who recently um, killed himself. So now this cat wants to kill himself. And because he's a cat, he needs to have nine different ways to kill himself and so they list out all the ways that he did but he unfortunately could only think of eight and they're accepting um ideas at 30 rock for uh the ninth idea yeah for the cat um, to kill himself because he's already made his decision is what they said yeah um thank you because i you know those things that you're like oh there's no fucking way i'm gonna forget this and then you just like write down four key words that 24 hours later, make no fucking sense. Yeah. Um, there was a joke about Idi Amin. Idi Amin. Uh, he was the dictator of Uganda. Um, I actually literally just listened to um, the Behind the Bastards on this. So, yeah. Um, Idi Amin, they, yep. Idi Amin, and there's something about... Uh, a new st- he's visiting the U.S. There's a new strain of gonorrhea, and it's been found. And all well, I don't know if he visited the U.S. I honestly can't remember that um, part of the episode. But um, the yeah. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so they're like, oh, this dr- this antibiotic resistant strain of gonorrhea, and here we have Dr. Garrett Morris to talk about it. And he brings out a microscope, and the microscope is supposedly a sample of, um, is supposedly a sample of this it, it was uh, supposed gonorrhea. To be the, the penicillin. Oh, right. Um, yes, it was, it was supposed to be the penicillin uh, reacting, and it was, like, footage um, of, like, old war scenes, and 
Uh, it then cuts back animated. to Jane Curtin. Oh, an yes, animated. Like cartoon oh. animated, yeah. Yeah. Um, it cuts back to that. It cuts back to Jane Curtin, and she's like, what, where did you get this sample? And Garrett Morris is, like, squirming in his seat, and he's like, Loretta! And he just wheels off to the side, and I thought that was kind of funny. Not, you know, funny, but funny. It was not how I expected it to end, and so it made me no. laugh really hard. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a musical performance of Paul Simon and George Harrison. They started out with Here Comes the Sun, and as they were singing, Paul Simon was, like, smiling a little bit, which was really cute. It was adorable. I was very confused. I was like, how the fuck did it take the crowd that long to recognize Here Comes the Sun? Like, that is one of the most instantly recognizable. That was kind of weird. It, like, it took, it was like, I don't know if they thought they couldn't cheer or what the fuck. But I was like, guys, hello? It did all end really abruptly, though, so I figured they have, like, applaud, don't applaud signs. I don't know. And yeah. maybe the, the don't applaud, the, uh, I don't know, the sign guy was just a little bit slow on that one. It, it was really weird, though, because I was like, oh, fuck yeah, here's the sun, and the audience was just silent. Right! It was the weirdest vibe ever, and it was like, okay, at least they're cheering now, but oh, fucking weird start. Um, yeah. God, George is so, so fucking hot. Um, they then performed... Simon and Garfunkel's Homeward Bound. Um, and then they, Paul Simon introduced. Yeah, the this first video was directed by Eric Idle. Um, which was the music video. It was for interesting. George Harrison's Cracker Box Palace. Okay. Yeah. Dancing. Former and future host of SNL. Um, yeah, I, at first I was like, how the fuck have I never seen this? And then there were gnomes, and it, there was, yeah, there were dancing gnomes, that were kind of fucking terrifying. Um, there were clowns in this, I did not appreciate that. Um, they did get away with, like, having men running around in fake boobs, or at least there was one, which I thought that was interesting. Yeah, at the very beginning. Onto, you know, TV. Um, I, um... George Harrison was in a baby carriage at one point. Yes, and it was a, it, I mean, it was like, oh, he's cute, but this is fucking weird. Yeah, it was and a strange pre-MTV music video. At the end, they video. were all, like, on a train, and George Harrison was, like, doing the shoulder shimmy thing, and it was um, really adorable. This next sketch went on for so long that, that I thought it was two separate sketches uh, for a minute there, but it was just one long yeah! sketch about a character named Billy Paul who was um, Paul Simon. Uh, at first he was on like a rocking horse and there was a background behind him that was changing. It was just different, you know, outdoorsy scenes. And um, there was a narration, I think it was Jane Curtin, talking about his character, Billy, who wants to protect all people. It was weird. Um, well, we could say this is what they, they wrote. This is what they said. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this yeah. is how they said it. Um, it as it was written. Um, <laughs> that's as it was written. Uh, Paul Simon's what? I'm just thinking of church now. Oh, 
Oh, is that as a religious it was thing? Oh, fuck. Oh, I don't know. I, don't I think know. it is. It's where I've heard oh, it. Oops. Well, as it was written by the writers of SNL, um, <laughs> Paul Simon was the protector of Indians, wild horses, and wild kids of all races and religions. It was like, okay, this is interesting. Paul Simon looked fucking miserable the entire time. He did. Like, he had one line that I thought was kind of... Like, it made me laugh a little bit. It was that he um, spends most of his time on reservations, uh, but he also stays at the Howard Johnson for the free coffee. I thought that was kind of funny, but nobody in the audience laughed. Maybe because of his delivery. (laughs) See, yeah, the delivery wasn't the best tonight. But, um, yeah, and then it basically turns into this ice cream shop where Dan Aykroyd is a racist as fuck ice cream scoop man. Um... Lorraine Newman is playing, like, a high school blonde. Garrett Morris is in the background. Um, Gilda Radner is a local indigenous girl. Yeah. I, well, this is what I thought that was a separate sketch. I was like, oh, new yeah. sketch, I guess? Right. I like, and I thought, I thought maybe they were just supposed to be, I thought Gilda Radner was maybe just, like, a, a hippie dressed in poor taste. Be, yeah. Because I didn't, like, assume that they were trying to do that but they were yeah no um <laughs> gilda radner was dressed definitely she was i at first i thought the entire group was just like a bunch of hippie kids but it became clear that gilda radner was portraying an indigenous teen and dan Aykroyd refused to serve her and, well so she want gilda radner wanted ice cream and <laughs> she was eating off of lorraine newman's ice cream at a certain point which i thought was fucking adorable yeah um, she was doing that as lorraine newman was like oh remember what we teach at the school you know yeah. he, he has bad vibes you want good karma you gotta stay keep your vibes good go sing your song yeah. and gilda radner goes and sings this song that's just like horribly obnoxious oh my god she sounded like a goat it was so bad yeah and in the background dan Aykroyd was crushing all the ice cream cones yeah and then john belushi shows up as bernard and just starts like he dumps flour over everyone to humiliate them so now they're all white now you can serve them but they just have flour all over themselves it was yeah fucking bad that's when billy paul enters and he sees what's happened and he's really upset about it and he's like oh you know i try to stay non-violent and look what you've done to this poor girl. And he, like, grabs Gilda's face and is, like, pushing it around in a violent way. And I was like, oh, I don't really see why this is part of the joke, but uh, okay, go off, I guess. Um, and then Billy Paul, the character, threw Bernard, the bully, out the window. Um, and but he also, threw, he also threw Gilda Radner to the ground. To the floor, yeah. I almost forgot. Wow, that how was, could I? That was unnecessary. Yeah, because he flings her to the ground, and then he throws uh, Bernard out the window, and it was just like, wait, 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 wait. One of those things was definitely unnecessary. Yeah, and then now he's all menacing, and he asks Dan Aykroyd to make him a triple cone, strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla, red, black, and white together. Um, and once Dan Aykroyd hands it over, Lorraine Newman is like, oh, if only the world got along as well as this ice cream cone, then Billy Paul wouldn't have to kill so many people. Yep. And then they all have ice cream cones and they march out of this studio holding them above their heads in like triumph slash protest. I don't fucking know. It was weird as hell. 
Yeah, as the camera was backing up so you could really just see the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And then Paul Simon had a performance. It was something so right. I've never heard this song in my life, but I really loved it. We'll be listening to that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it was a good performance. Again, I was like, cool. Where's George, the musical guest? Um, and I know they were both musical guests, but still. Um, and then we went into a sketch that was basically just kind of an ad for Paul Simon's ACLU charity concert at Madison Square Garden uh, the next night or on Sunday or Monday or whenever. Um, and it was like Dan Aykroyd's blustering news guy that does like weird shit with his shoulders and... Um, he's like, he was talking about like, oh, you're Paul Simon, the guy that sang the song about trucks and truckers. And it's like a trucks and truckers thing, but it's basically just Dan Aykroyd thinking Paul Simon is other people for the entire sketch. And he's like, oh, well you have the Asian wife. And it's like, oh my God, seriously, you think he's John Lennon? Like, come the fuck on. And I, I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck? What, how did this make air? That's funny. I actually love this. <laughs> Okay. I guess it was just, so it starts off, this is my experience, (laughs) is, you know, Dan Aykroyd was just talking really fast, (laughs) and he was really excited about his, the show he was about to do, interviewing this trucker who, um, he called him an independent trucker, and he had made this film on truckers and trucking, and he was like, no, I'm, I'm Paul Simon, I'm a songwriter, I'm not a trucker, um, and Dan Aykroyd's like, oh, I made a mistake, and then, he, yeah, he thinks he's Neil Simon, the playwright. And Paul's like, no, not me. And he brings up his ACLU benefit. And, yeah, that's when Dan Aykroyd confuses him for, um, what's his name, John Lennon. <laughs> um, and I thought that was just funny. I, I think getting getting guys, getting dudes mixed up is just relatable. Like I could really, I, I felt Dan Aykroyd in that moment. Um, okay. like just not knowing who the fuck the Beatles are. It's funny to me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but that, then like Paul got angry because he wasn't being recognized for who he was. And so he walked off and Dan Aykroyd adjusted the audience. He was like, oh, we just saw a little bit of the anger that caused the hijinks on college campuses. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> saying oh you're with an aclu it's like the aclu like ooh, like you know it's commie whatever yeah anyway um yeah interesting i do i do really find it kind i mean funny but i really do find it interesting when there's something that i'm just like no and you're like yeah that was great it's it just shows how the it just it demonstrates how the show can be for different people it hits for different people in different ways so yeah um totally different experience for, for me yeah yeah and then we went into the second music video uh pre-mtv music video by george harrison i think this was also directed by eric idol it didn't say but it felt know. like it it felt like it okay um yeah this god george harrison was a very odd duck um, he yeah. performed this song, or this music video was this song. It was, yeah, I don't know. It was, I honestly, I don't even know how to fucking describe it. Um, other than it was like, yeah, yeah, no, no. There were no drugs in the making of this. None at all. Like, 
and please track, check the sarcasm in my voice here. Like, I was, half the time I couldn't even focus on the music because I was just so fucking confused as to what was happening on the screen. There were a screen. It took place in a courtroom. It was so fucking weird. There the were so many just wacky like, visuals. Oh my god, so many men in drag. Yeah, I forgot about that. He had that in both of his um, videos, yes. which we forgot to mention. Um, but yeah, like this one, there was this part where there was like a piano riff and the stenographer was like going off on her little typewriter thing. Yeah, um, that was I cool. thought that was really funny just to see that. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so many fucking drugs. So many drugs. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, the episode ended with Paul Simon um, singing Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'm, it's not my favorite Simon and Garfunkel song. I am just kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, The Good Nights. Um, Paul Simon thanked the cast, crew, etc. Said, my, my, most, my deepest apologies to Michael O'Donoghue. He knows why. And I did some looking into this. I don't know if you did, too. Um, I was curious, but I didn't. Okay. Um, Paul Simon looked fucking miserable the entire show, but he looked so happy here. I don't know if he was just, like, relieved that it was um, over or what the hell. But he, like, well, he was, like, smiling and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, that was an interesting vibe you put on for the entire show, sir. <laughs> yeah, it really was an interesting vibe that he put on. Yeah. He did well with the music, though. Yeah, he really did. Um, yeah, so the running theory was that Lorne, Paul Simon, and Michael O'Donoghue, they're all friends. And okay. Michael O'Donoghue is the head writer of the show. This was answered by someone's anonymous thing on Quora. It says, why did Paul Simon apologize to Michael O'Donoghue at the end of his 1976 Saturday Night Live show? Anonymous says, the best I can do is guess. And if I only had a simple answer, and if I only had a simple answer, I would stay silent. I had the same question. I did some background reading. You can verify all this on the internet yourselves. That's verbatim. I'm reading it. It says, first of all, I love Cora. Michael's Paul Simon and <laughs> me too. And Michael O'Donoghue were friends before that show and for long after. Lauren bent over backwards to get George Harrison on the show, and as host, Paul wanted to make everyone happy. Mr. Mike ugh, liked things Ew. to go his way and punished those who disagreed. Mr. Mike's films were becoming popular that season. Were they though? And I don't think so. I would say, yeah, not with me. Um, and he probably expected one in this episode because the host was a friend. George wanted his new music videos on the show, and there, was, and there probably was no quote-unquote room for Mr. Mike's pissy attitude on the zany musical show. Paul, as host, had final approval of the decision, quote-unquote approval of the decision, parentheses, to save Lauren from being the bad guy, okay, and needed to make a public gesture to cool Mike's fiery temper. And they were still doing so in 79 in a public celebration that ended at Paul's home. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So that is, uh, yeah. So that was okay. the story behind that, I guess. Um, or at least the best that they can, that person can guess. Um, well, that story portrays Michael O'Donoghue as, you know, someone I wouldn't really want to hang out with. I was say, a petty bitch? Um, yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is also the man that I believe uh, lynched a big bird in the writer's room at one point in front of Muppets. So yeah. it's, you know, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not, Muppets. you know. Anyway, so what didn't work for you this episode? Um, the Billy Paul sketch that I thought was two sketches. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fucking bad. Um, it was Quarry for me. Wow. I fucking hated that. I, it was the... I hated it. The Billy Paul was bad in a different way, but oh my god. I, I will never... I, I, you couldn't pay me enough to watch that again. That is so interesting to me because on 23andMe, it says that I have that gene that makes me more likely to be um, annoyed by eating sounds. And I'm... I'm not really annoyed by eating sounds, so I... No. I, that was actually my... my um, well, that was actually probably my runner-up, was that one. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm not actually annoyed by eating sounds. I'm annoyed by the grinding of rocks and okay, like, that's fair. teeth grinding. And so that's why it didn't... I couldn't fucking stand the entire sketch just because it was rock grinding and like grinding teeth and nails on a chalkboard for two and a half minutes straight. I hated it. So you're running around. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what was yours? Uh, the cold open. Cold. No, open. no, sorry. No, sorry. It was the, the cold open monologue running joke. Sorry. Um, like the oh, yeah. uh, Paul Simon running into Chevy chase, going upstairs, being very nervous about the monologue the monologue, uh, him being him in a turkey, singing still crazy after all these years, and then getting stuck in a doorway and arguing with Lauren. The only reason I didn't put it in my best was because my best. Do you want to know what my best was? Sorry, is really it high. going to be the musical performances? It is not. This is that's my cop out when I can't find one, but <laughs> <laughs> I really like the musical performances. I was considering making them my best, but what was yours? Okay. Uh, Baba Wawa. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty good. I was surprised. I was surprised myself, but I, there was nothing about that sketch that was not absolutely hilarious, funny, well-written, well-acted. It, I, that was good. Yeah. What was yours? Well, like I said, I was kind of just sitting here wondering, mm, Paul Simon slash George Harrison, or the um, that sketch, the, it was like the last sketch, the Dan Aykroyd and okay. Paul Simon it ACLU is, thing. Yeah, it is not a cop-out to choose musical performances. That's just how I feel when I pick them, but it is not a cop-out to do that. It's like I, I, it's like I feel bad not picking something that was, you know, written and performed. But at the same time, if there had been something better or something that I had enjoyed more, I would have picked it. Well, the musical acts were written and performed, just you know, yeah, by different writers and performers. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we're splitting hairs. My God. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is. That's it for Season 2, Episode 8. We will be back next week with our recap of Season 2, Episode 9, hosted by Jodie Foster, who was apparently in one of the audience cutaways, but I didn't see them. I was probably distracted by kittens. 
I fucking looked every single time. I wanted to see Jodie Foster and I didn't. So we'll okay. see her next week. Yes, we will. Um, but until then, you can find us on every major podcast platform. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah, hit us up on social media at Sat Night High Pod. As mentioned earlier, it's Night N I T E on Twitter, but we're also on Reddit and YouTube and Facebook. Uh, we have, if you have a message that you want to send to us that is longer than Twitter will allow, we have a Gmail, uh, satnighthighpod at Gmail, and we have a website, satnighthighpod.com. And until then, happy last episode of Pride Highs. Happy last episode of Pride Highs. <laughs> I'm Gilda. Oh, and I'm Steph. How do I end this? I don't know. Fuck. My god, I'm so fucking high. I'm like, I close my eyes and I'm dizzy. I've not been this high in years. Holy shit, this is amazing. Anyway, happy highs, guys. Happy highs. And then hit stop. And I hit the stop. Yes.